Well, hi there, everybody. My name's Larry Jeffs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's July 19th, 2023, our second show today. We've got the National Association for Gifted Children uh, on with us today. we got Dr. Angela Novak from soon-to-be East Carolina State. We'll explain that in a second, okay? And also... Um, Lacey Compton, who is, um, let me get this straight, I want to get this right. She is the Director of Content and Learning for NAGC, NAGC.org. And Angela, in her NAGC role, works uh, in the Diversity and Equity Committee, okay, for NAGC, again, National Association for Gifted Children. You want to learn more, you can go to NAGC.org, but I have it linked up here on the website. We're going to talk about... um, Racial equity and equity in general for gifted students in today's pretty rough political climate. Okay, we're going to talk about some examples and some ideas on what we should be doing. There is a symposium coming up from NAGC soon devoted to racial equity. So we'll talk all about that sort of stuff with my two guests. So I'll bring them on in just a minute. I just want you to know that we're Education Talk Radio, which is what we're doing right now, our podcast is the voice of the American Consortium for Equity in Education. And you want to see what we're doing. Everything we do is free, free for everybody. That's over at ace-ed.org. All the podcasts, including this one, are archived over there, or this one will be archived over there. Our magazine, Equity and Access, is over there. Good issue, by the way. And again, all you do is click on the cover and read it. It's an online journal. It's pretty darn good, i got to tell you. And also, uh, we have our uh, awards program, our Excellence in Equity Awards program. Uh, we get a lot of nominations, and you are welcome to nominate yourself, your colleagues, anything you want. Go over and click on the awards uh, tab and see what you got to do. It's pretty simple. Free for educators, I might add. So please check it on out. We also have to do a lot of work with the awards, uh, how the industry and all the organizations shape up for equity. And if you'd like to look all over that, please do so. Everything, again, free at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on my two guests. I can see it circling here. There we go. Okay, Angela, (laughs) Dr. Novak, are you there? I am. I am. Hello, and thank you. No, you're more than welcome. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, by the way, hi, Lacey. How you doing? It's Larry Hi, here. Larry. How are you? I'm just fine. Welcome back. Okay. Thank and, you. Uh, and, and you're welcome. Angela, um, I have this note here, and I just have to read this because it is kind of cute. You are an associate professor in waiting, which means I think in the middle of <laughs> August you're going to be <laughs> – an associate professor, like a bridal thing, on our associate professor in waiting here. Okay. Okay. At East, yeah, Eastern Carolina. I said East Carolina State. It's East Carolina University. Yeah. Pardon me for saying that. Okay. Yeah. But what, what are you going to be doing there? This is cool. Uh, well, I'm already at ECU. It's just oh. that uh, I earned tenure and promotion at the hey. end of the year in May. It's just not official until August. <laughs> and so it's one of those things that I I have it in May, in, uh, and it's, it's sort of granted by the Board of Governors, but you don't actually get it until August. And I have walked to the top. I have walked to the, the top of Mount Sinai. <laughs> I hereby name you professor. Don't worry about it. Associate professor. Right. Congratulations. Okay, it's not official. 
it, it is official and it's ordained by he above or she above, whatever. So right, uh, right. whatever. No, no problem. And so and later that's on sort today, of my I, way of of using the title but not using the title. Yes. Yeah, so so a little while later, I, I go down to some river down there and part it, so you may walk across. It's not going to be a problem. Yes, okay. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate okay, it. Okay. I Congratulations, appreciate it. Angela. Right. Associate professor in waiting. That's a start. Good luck. And the kids will be good. It'll be great for the students, etc. Okay. We're going to talk about racial equity, gender equity, and equity in general, and all about gifted education, which I honestly believe. Okay. By the way, Dave Cutler over at NAGC, thank you for helping me set up the show today. Okay. I honestly believe it's all a positioning problem. Okay. In marketing, the key thing is positioning. All right. And that's one of the problems teaching the gifted had. It is a form, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, of special education. Okay. Special education can have a negative impact in in people's minds, but it is a form because these kids learn differently. They're smart kids. Okay. Some of them are in traditional special ed, but they learn differently. But we call it gifted education because these kids are gifted. So people automatically think they don't need anybody to teach them. Why are we doing this for these kids? They can learn it themselves. It's a positioning problem. That's my thought. Angela, do you agree with Larry? I actually completely agree with you. And there you go, Pepsi. when I, <laughs> I bring it up, and I actually just presented at the North Carolina Council for Exceptional Children, and oh. one of the ways that I – um, positioned it, if you will, was that in uh, in gifted education, what we are doing is we are providing services to students who have an educational need, whose needs are not met through regular uh, educational services, through regular That's curriculum, good. and that they need this uh, different curriculum, different services that are not normally Different pedagogy. Provided. Sometimes and different so, teachers, because teachers aren't trained. But it's a positioning. The public does not understand this, okay? The public right. does not understand this, which, if I may, okay, Lacey, by the way, what is your thought on that? Lacey Compton, Director oh, uh, of Content yeah, and Learning. Absolutely. I, think, I think Angela put it well. Um, it, it is about ensuring that the correct services and curriculum and programs yeah. are in place for those students. And it's just looking at what they need differently from their peers. And as you point out, Larry, it's, it's very similar to, to special education, it looking is. at the individual students and their needs and right. addressing and it, those in the classroom. Right. And we always talk about personalization these days of education. Okay. You know, with, with technology, we're able to adjust things to kids' individual needs. And that's what we got to do here, which brings me, for both of you, we're going to talk about this in some detail here. Okay, New York City, do a diddy, New York City, okay? New York, I'm going to just read this here, okay? It's come, this is what happened, might even be a year ago now, okay? Or when did it happen, Ange, do you know, offhand? Oh, my gracious, it's been going on in New York for for quite some time. Uh, The initial breakdown was probably 2020, 2021, and they are... And they've just been in the news again just in May. Yeah, just in May for changing the qualifications. Do they have a gifted program now? Do they have a gifted program? (laughs) They went back. Now they have five accelerated, uh, citywide accelerated schools. 
once again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're back to nitty gritty. You know what they did? They pulled the whole program because they were accused. And we're going to talk about this of, of, of a being elitist and B being racist. Okay. And that racist thing is something we are going to focus on in just a second. Okay. It reminds me, they, they just, they, instead of arguing, they dropped the whole program for a while. Okay. And what you might do is a quote, and you two are both too young to remember this, during the Vietnam War, when some general, okay, American general, said we have to destroy the village in order to save it, okay? And that's exactly what New York City did with their gifted program. They decided it's easier to destroy the village in order to save it than to argue with everybody, Okay, and I'm glad to hear that they are back and they have accelerated programs. But even in accelerated programs, these kids need, if I may, special educators, okay, helping them along. Lacey, your thoughts on Larry's conversation here? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key By the way, you can disagree with me. I do control the microphone, but you can disagree with me. Talk about a lot is is ensuring teacher prep and this is kind of going off topic a little bit larry but um you know in a lot of teacher preparation programs uh educators who are preparing to enter the classroom receive very little training in gifted education i mean and actually they receive they receive no training in gifted education well some professor might say the word gifted education yeah, yeah it's that's going to be about it. The university, you know, some yeah. some universities are strong in providing more preparation for gifted education. Some it's merely a chapter in a textbook and a special education yeah, exactly. course. You know, um, I know Angela can speak to this because she is working with with undergrad students. Um, but you know that that is a key piece of teacher preparation, and so you know, providing professional learning on topics like equity and and how Hello. schools and school yeah. districts can can you know. Um, create stronger programs is really important, and that's that's part of what we try to do at NADC. Yeah, and you, and you do a good job of it. I got to tell you, okay, you Thank really you. do over <laughs> at, at AGC, and you really care about what you're doing. All right, so let's mm-hmm. swing over yeah. to that, which, by the way, is not off topic. I, I when we're preparing teachers, and I think that's probably you probably do a lot of that. Do you not, Doctor Novak? I do. I, yes. I do a lot of preparing teachers. <laughs> yes, I figure. Are you in the School of Education over there? You're in the College of Education, I am. right? I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I went to uh, – I, I, was, I was a teacher, and I went through uh, education, all, school and all that. They never mentioned uh, gifted kids. Okay? Believe me. All right? And uh, this that's is a that's... problem with, with – uh, this is a problem across the board. Okay? And it, it was – how, what, what's going on in East Carolina? You're really involved in this. You work with NHGC. You're the, director, you're the co-chair of the diversity committee. Here's a real opportunity to really make people, at least the East Carolina grads, understand what's going on with all this. And by extension, special education. Okay? And we're going to talk about the racial aspect of this in a couple of minutes. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. What's going on at, the, at East well, ECU? I, I, I will say... <laughs> That, where you that are now, where you are now, where you are at, now, from from right. from high above, a, a, an associate professor. Okay, right. I, have, I have named you. Uh, I have named you. Yeah. You have you have granted yes. me. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, uh, that You're is welcome. not the experience of teachers at ECU. Uh, I I I won't say that <clears throat> it's because of changes I've made necessarily. Uh, so per, perhaps. 
perhaps it is, uh, because they have gifted education embedded in at least one of the courses, the assessment course, because that oh, is wow. actually oh. something that we have learned. There, there was a survey that we did that uh, looked at teachers leaving the field, um, I'm sorry, entering the mm. field rather, but leaving oh, ECU, okay. saying what, what areas did you not feel as prepared in? And they listed gifted education as one of them. them. And so our wow. department made efforts to, and that's why I say it's not necessarily me, because it was a department uh, choice. Said, okay, we need Good to them. make sure that this is something that our students feel better about going into the field. And so we adjusted throughout the courses, and uh, that I, I can just speak to the assessment course because I teach assessment. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, that that we you know we make sure, and so we we specifically added modules into the courses, uh, in, in, into the assessment course specifically, uh, projects and that kind of thing. And then uh, the other thing that I can really specifically talk to in terms of ECU is that I adjusted our AIG, which is North Carolina for Gifted, uh, our AIG courses, and I now offer them at the undergraduate level. And so it can actually be an undergraduate concentration. And so instead of just having, having it as a graduate option, it is available for undergraduates to take the full course series. Uh, and by the way, I have uh, to ask so, you, I saw, I saw, I saw this, what, is, what are the letters, I figure gifted is the G, accelerate, what's AIG stand for, the North Carolina? What is that acronym? Academic, academically and intellectually gifted. Ah, there you go. And I didn't know what that was. And that's part of the legislation. Mm-hmm. Nine, uh, 9B is legislation in, uh, in North Carolina. Yeah, and, 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 and me, that, i got to say this. i got to say this. You know, these kids obviously are gifted. In one way or the other, they are gifted. And we cannot afford in this country, not only North Carolina, in this country, Okay, to lose our best and the brightest and have them be bored in school. You have to constantly be, afford them a very rigorous curriculum that has to be specialized and done properly. Okay? And that, to me, is, is the essence of what gifted education is. Okay? And those kids can stay in a, a regular classroom. They can be mainstream because the technology in classrooms today allows a teacher to really be rigorous with these kids. Lacey, you're the director of learning at NHGC. Am I right again? I'm the host, by the way. Don't forget. Yes, yes, I am. I, I'm director of professional <laughs> learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so am I right? Is is the co-host yeah, so, right, or am know, I wrong? I think. Yeah. I think interestingly, kind of going back to some of the the previous conversations, um, you know, a key piece of of what we talk about too is there's so many students with the potential to perform at. Yeah you know, levels or to achieve at higher levels than what they currently do. And if teachers don't have training in gifted education and how to look for you exactly. know, the qualities of students in their classroom, then too often they, they can't pinpoint that. And so, you know, um, with, with places like New York City and others, one of the things that NHGC really uh, talks about a lot is, is use of both, both, you know, professional development for teachers, teacher training, um, but also looking at multiple measures, different ways that we're identifying students, um, you know, making sure that we're we're not just relying on one test to identify students, that we have equitable ways of finding students. Good. Um, oh, but yes. teachers have to be teachers have to be prepared 
for those aspects as well. They have to know what they're looking for. They have to be prepared for, um, you know, providing their students what they need in the classroom. So it's, it's, it's complicated. There's lots of facets to it. Um, but those are key pieces of ensuring that we improve equity, and those are things that we are trying to work to do and to talk about in programs, plus the ones that are, that are focused on equity. Exactly. And as JFK said, we don't, we don't do it because it's easy. We do it because it's hard. These things have to get done. The, 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 the bureaucracy has to make sure these things get done. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now I want to swing over to the, to the racial side of it, because it is my understanding after so many years working with NHEC and just what I know generically about education is that a lot of times black and Latino kids, kids of color, just say it that way, uh, uh, suddenly they're, they're far less percentage-wise gifted than the, than the typical white kid, all right? And uh, that's obviously not accurate, but that's the way it's worked out. Okay, Angela, tell me more about that when you're diversity and equity committee. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. They are uh, far less frequently it's identified. It's not. Uh, not far less gifted. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Thank you. Is in... Yeah, the uh, giftedness is in every uh, racial group, every ethnic group, every economic gender, group, right? Every gender. Uh, yes, every gender. Uh, but it is far less recognized, let's say. It's far less identified. And so that's the problem. It is significant, it's significantly disproportionate in terms of what is identified by the state. And that's identified by the states that do identify. Uh, keep in mind that gifted is not federally legislated. And so it's up to the state oh, okay. to decide whether or not they identify and serve. Who's the best state? And so, Who handles it best? Lacey, I'll ask oh. you, which state handles it best? Um, I, you know, Larry, I Your favorite am not state. sure <laughs> off the top of my head, but, you know, I would point you, and I can send you the link to this to add to the report a couple of years ago out of Purdue, where they actually pulled all of the OCR data and analyzed it and compared it to which states had mandates and funding um, to pull up and, and create what they considered a missingness factor. So which states were missing students? from um, different racial or ethnic groups um, within their state population. So I can send you that link, and you can have that and share that as a resource for listeners. Do it. Um, Do it. Yeah, Angela might have more information on that, but that that definitely was a really fantastic report and pulled a lot of information together to determine which, which states did what and how they were serving students and where they were missing students in their population. Good. Thank you. Would you please send that link? Angela, yes, you, what's absolutely. your thought? Which which state do you like best? North Carolina? Where? <laughs> uh, well, North Carolina, I will say. You uh, can brag. We, we do have uh, one thing that I am happy with here is that we do have, in addition to the regulation, we do have an equity and excellence. <clears throat> it's not a mandate per se, but we do have a guide, we do have information, and we do have a push from DPI, which is our uh, state Department of Public Instruction. Right, yes. And we do have that that's pushing for equity. And so I do really appreciate that with regard 
to uh, equity and excellence within um, our Department of Public Instruction, and I think that's really important. Not it is all important. states have that. In, a, in addition, in our state definition, uh, in that 9B, there also is that, def, that part of the definition which does point out that giftedness is recognized across economic strata across racial and ethnic groups, which is, again, very important. One thing that our neighboring state to the north, Virginia, has, which I think is really important, is a recognition of giftedness in the arts. So in Virginia, students can be identified in, in music, in art, and there are governor's schools in the arts. And I think that's really important. And well, so kind of Virginia edges us out a little bit on little, that one. A little and bit so there, a little bit, little bit. You know, there's some, there's some real perks to that because, and that's actually, <laughs> um, jumping ahead just a little bit, um, that's actually one of our sessions that Dr. Uh, Aaron Pierce Floyd is going to lead for us at the Equity Symposium because she one of my next uh, questions. attended. Yep. So, sorry, I said, I know I'm jumping ahead. No, 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 it's good. Go ahead. She attended we'll and her children attended a school for the arts and just the power of that and, you know, the the ability to do their gifts in the arts. But to be honest, she's also going to talk a little bit about where some of the failure in that was in terms of did they adequately support all aspects of her children's and her giftedness and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. readiness in all aspects, right? So there's there's a whole child mm. aspect to everything, wow. right? Th- and this is so, an interesting conversation. Know, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and and so because when they are so focused on this art aspect, does the whole child get get answered right? And so the the access re- denied report. That's what what the report is called out of Purdue is incredible because it does as as Lacey said go through the laws. So there's laws seven states that require identification only, which is kind of Interesting. So congratulations, you get lar- labeled with what I call the scarlet G, uh, the scarlet letter. And so, but then they're not required to do anything, right? So Connecticut, which is where I got my master's at the University of Connecticut, which of course has some of our the great uh, researchers and, and figures in gifted education. Welcome uh, to Stores, Sigley, Connecticut. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe Renzulli, Sally Reese, uh, all, all there at UConn, Bessie McCoach, and that state is required to identify and not to serve. That's, that's one of the, my favorite things about UConn and, and the state in which they reside. Um, and so there's seven of those. And then the, the bulk of our states actually do require both identification and services. Um, so that's about 30. Uh, and then there's no laws, but some language in about 11 states, and then there's two of our states that have no laws or language. Um, but then the, the fun part with all of that is that's just laws and language. That doesn't include funding. So that's, out of those 30 yeah. states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
20 of them are partially funded. Four yeah. of them are fully funded. Six of them have laws not funded requiring at all. identification and services and exactly oh are God. not funded at all. Uh, oh so it's, it's one of these pieces that we're going to require everything, but we're not going to give you any money. <laughs> yeah, that's and terrific. So that's, that's piece of it. So here in North Carolina, <laughs> there's funding, but it's only from the state budget. Nothing comes from the district budget. And so whatever the districts get, it's, they only come from the state pockets of funding. The district doesn't put in anything on their own. And so it's sort of like, how much buy-in is there really? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, it's always, every, everything is always sort of this, this can of worms. Uh, it, it is it is a can of worms, and that. I want to ask you something that you were talking about earlier. The the uh, the kids of color, okay. Well, they, they, a lot of them are in under underserved schools, underserved communities. Let's be honest here; not everybody, but a lot, okay. And uh, the teachers are struggling to get easy easy stuff done. But I'm curious, okay, is is, is part of that has to be a bias. It's not just that they're underserved. Okay, there has to be some kind of bias built into the system. Okay, that 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 that, uh, that makes sure that, uh, if I may, you know, like redlining, that uh, not enough uh, black and uh, kids and kids, all kids of color, okay, get into the gifted program. It's got to be it's it's a it's a bias, and it's not right, it's not fair, and it has to be eliminated. Okay, and every school district has to recognize that that every kid, not every kid, is gifted. But every kid could be gifted, might be gifted, okay? And it doesn't matter what what community they live in. I mean, it's just to me, it's it's unbelievable. Which 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 I want to say there now. We're going to talk about this. NHG, NHC, when is this symposium devoted to racial equity for gifted kids? Lacey, when is the symposium? Yes. The symposium is August 1st and 2nd. It's fully online, completely virtual. Okay. Um, so good, anybody good. can attend across the nation. Everything or most of the sessions will be recorded as well. So people can, you know, go back and view it on their own time uh, when it works best for them. Um, so, yeah, so the this is the National Symposium on Equity for Black and Brown Gifted Students. This is the third year we've offered this event. Um, it started out of our um, diversity and equity committee and some of our networks, our special populations network, wanting to devote more attention to this topic and provide some professional learning for teachers. Um, this year, really excited, Angela's been working on this with me, and we are focusing on some new topics, some different uh, areas that we haven't really talked about before at the like symposium. What? Or, well, the arts one is a great example. Um, another one is we'll have a session on teaching social justice and in the anti-DEI oh, era. So, you know, the idea of how do you teach social justice when all around you are different laws and, and different things going on. Um, you know, we have an interesting uh, session on looking at students in alternative school placements and how they can be identified for programs. And then Angela and her colleague, Yvette Robinson, are also going to be doing a session on how to um, serve and, and support and find students in um, who have been displaced, who are, uh, you know, in foster programs, who yeah, are well. suffering from unhousing, things like that. So, you know, we are looking at 
um, broadening kind of the scope of what we're talking about when it comes to equity and finding finding different students this year. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be good. How long is it? Just Is it a couple of days? Is it one day? Uh, what's, yeah, what's... It's, it's two half days. Uh, you know, it's on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, both, you know, starting in the, the early uh, afternoon and, and going through the end of the day. Um, we're also really excited. Our closing keynoter is Dr. Bettina Love, um, who is a well-known oh. scholar on Yeah, I know Bettina. So exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited she can join us. Um, and talk to some of her work and share that with our with our participants. And I would ask you, since you used the word participants, that was a beautiful segue. Okay, gifted educators should be there because they're they're the ones that are going to drive this, and they have to understand it. Okay, but also other educators need to be there, in my opinion, as well as school board members need to understand this, as well certainly as, as school administration, be it principal, superintendents, cabinet level, whatever. Uh, is, is, and I'll stay with Lacey on this. Lacey, is, the, uh, is this open to everybody or just as specifically oh. an AGC members? Talk about that kind of thing. I think it's important. Absolutely. It's open to everybody. We welcome everyone. Um, one of the key things that we're working on at NAGC is ensuring that we are creating strong collaborations among different groups. For example, we just held a colloquium um, called the Dream Unencumbered, which was also about serving students from different populations in May. And that, that colloquium was unique in that it wasn't a true kind of professional learning. It was more of a conversation day. And we pulled in um, lots of folks from different areas, administrators, the um, State Department of Education folks. We had um, members of different organizations who are working in content-based areas because our content-based teachers need to know gifted education strategies and how to find students as well. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a key piece of, of what we're trying to do is, is to try to collaborate with others who are working in education to try to find different groups who may have not received training or information in gifted education and give them, you know, those skills and that knowledge to be able to improve their programs and their services. That's great. And by the way, you used a new word. I want to hear what this means, colloquium. What's colloquium mean? I know, <laughs> I know, I know well, another big word, delicatessen, yeah. but I don't know colloquium. So, Lacey? In, in, our context, in our context, it was a gathering of individuals who were all concerned about equity in education and, and, and in gifted education, and uh, they gathered together and had a day of conversations. And that was really – that was how we termed it, was a colloquium, a gathering colloquium. Of, of folks. And, yeah. It was really a great experience. It was really nice to hear from people from different groups. We heard from a group of students that day. So oh, nice. uh, colloquium is really just more of like a, a seminar <laughs> or something that's more academic in nature. Cool. I love that. Thank Where you, are you from, New York? So, so it's less formal. Wait a minute. Less formal, a colloquium. Less formal. Yeah, I would say it's more about it's more about sharing knowledge and uh, sharing research and information and, cool. and less about getting a traditional professional learning credit or professional development. Good enough. Thank you. That's great. What did you want to say? Go ahead, Angela. I was just asking if you were from New York. I haven't heard someone say delicatessen since, I, you know, <laughs> that's something that my aunt on Long Island said. <laughs> Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I put mustard, mustard oh, okay. on my soft pretzels. There you go. Okay. Okay. Philly delis and New York delis are pretty damn good, I got to tell you. Yeah. 
That's but great. no one Thank else you. says delicatessen except there someone from that area. So. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I have to ask you a question. You know, I've been to stores. I've never found a town there. It's like the only place I've ever been to that is 100% university. Is there an actual town? I wanted to buy a T-shirt. I couldn't even find a place. Okay, there's like <laughs> nothing but the university. Help me. Stores. I honestly, I honestly don't. I, I never saw anything other than the university, yeah. but I um, I worked full time um, when I did my master's. I taught, and so I actually worked full time when I did my doctorate as well. There teaching. you go. So um, I I don't I don't know. Um, I drove in for class and drove home. So yeah, I, 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 I you have to ask someone who was there full time. Yeah, I, I drove. I drove in because I went. You know, I'm going up 91. I went to the Route 91. I went to see the university. Go over there. I, I was kind of looking for a, a store to like treat myself to a t-shirt. Since I was there, I couldn't find one. It's all university. I don't. I think it's like, yeah. you know, like the Stepford Wives. People don't. Have, they just shut them off in the in the evening. I think it's just the university. Yeah. There's no stores. No food. No no nutrition. No do nothing. Okay, but it's pretty. It really is. Uh, yeah, you guys are terrific. Okay, and by the way, for real, Angela, congratulations, Doctor Novak, on East oh, Carolina's getting up. That's a big deal these days. That's a big deal. So you thank deserve you. a lot of congratulations. It. I talked to your mother and father. They're very proud of you. Uh, well, I didn't talk well, to them. I didn't know, talk dad, to them. My dad would say delicatessen too. He's from he yeah. was born in Hell's Kitchen and and grew up in Brooklyn. So he's there right there with you with the deli. There you go. Okay, Sarge's Deli, I think, is the one he would probably like over down in New York. Okay. <laughs> what, what can I tell you? Like, I live in Maine. You can't find a good deli up here. At least I haven't. The one thing oh, that compares, you know. And Lacey, thank you as always. You guys yes, really absolutely. work hard over there. You know, you really do. Uh, ladies, good good luck. Have fun at the uh, not a colloquium, a symposium. August That's 1st correct. and 2nd at <laughs> NAGC.org. Although it'll be a lot yes. of fun. Okay, you'll learn a lot. And okay, NAGC.org. Please come in here, Bettina Love. She yeah, is she's amazing. Good. She's one of my yes, favorite, favorite speakers. I agree. She's beautiful. I, I, I totally agree. Okay. And it, it gift, teaching the gifted, it's an equity matter as well as an academic one. So please, everybody, let's make it happen. Okay. Thank you, ladies. You're both wonderful. Have a great yeah, day. Absolutely. Thanks, Larry. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Wow. Terrific people. All right. Angela Novak from East Carolina University and NAGC's Director of Content and Learning, Lacey Compton, NAGC.org. Just look for the uh the uh, seminar on racial equity and in, in uh, gifted education, which is a huge thing. Okay, gifted struggles to assess the kids and find the kids okay but it's for everybody and we don't want to lose great people okay who may need to learn a little bit differently at times okay they have to be challenged with rigorous solid curriculum but i think i've said that about a million times okay we're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org hey if you want to get in touch with me it's larry at ace-ed.org and thanks so much for listening